tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Springboard your virtual university. Hello and welcome to Springboard your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard, ably led by comfort. Springboard is your most inspirational show and the point where the greatest minds in the world converge. Your virtual university is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation in partnership with the multimedia group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank with support from the graphic business. For the past few weeks, we've all gotten excited about this series called The Engine Room, where we get behind the scenes with frontliners from various fields, trying to find out the what, the why, the where, the whom, the how, the tears, the joys, the tough calls that undergird their work that you don't find in any magazine or in any frontline communication, the real, real stuff. And so far, we've had Diana Hamilton, Israel Laie, Ajiti Annan, you've had Anita Eskin, Kwame Eugene, Father Campbell, Ohenere Gifti Auntie, you've had Doreen Ando and Rashida Sani Nasam. Today, we bring on a great, great friend of mine. And she's a woman of distinction because she is the CEO of AfriBase Group, which is a consortium of companies focusing on marketing communications, IT solutions, and also an executive member of the Executive Women's Network. We'll find out a bit more about my guest when we bring her on set. Janet Simkwemels, welcome to Springboard. Thank you so much, Albert. As you see, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Indeed. You are a marketing strategy and communications consultant, but my interest in this matter here at Springboard is you living 22 years of corporate life with 11 spent as an expatriate <laughs> to come and set up GNM Spa and Salon, mm -hmm. where I, you typically would find you with an apron <laughs> with your hands in the, in the action. <laughs> It's big for us here at Springboard. Yeah. And for the benefit of those who may not know, Janet has worked in countries such as Nigeria, Cote d'Ivoire, Kenya, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Algeria, Angola, Mauritius, Senegal, Congo, Switzerland, Spain. And yet you are <laughs> hitting in Jowulu with your hands in the action. What, what inspires you? What inspires me? That's a, a big question. I have so many points of inspiration. But the reason why I have been where I am right now is... Just because I was born among four boys, the second, I'm number two, but uh, I have four boys. And uh, you know those days when you play with uh, boys, you're tagged tomboy. Mm. 
So I was a gentle and a lady tomboy. I used to play the football with them. Chaskili. Charlie, don't miss Chaskili and Nubian Lichawa. Really? You know, yeah. But they find it easy to play golf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then also I had the me time by myself where I had my dolls and I would play with my dolls. And for the longest time since I was a child, I liked playing with my dolls and making things look beautiful. So those those who know me and have been to the university with me, they'll tell you that they are not surprised to see me in Jinem salon and spa. Because I'm the one who will make my friends pretty. I'll do their hair, their makeup. I'll polish their nails. But I was also very focused in the academics. In my first degree, um, I had a I know, first I, I, class. I, I know so you had a first class. And, and Charlie, I, I, I fear people who, who, who get first class. There's something about that I fear. Them. I mean, how do you get first class? It's, it's crazy. Uh, well, do you know what it is to get first class? I mean, you, you, you are, you're out of your mind. <laughs> No, first of all, I think you just have to be focused and dedicated and know what you're about. You How do you combine being a talent freak and then also getting first class? I mean, that's really, really top notch. I, I must thank God for all the talents that he has endowed me with. And I personally believe that each one of us, I'm a Christian, so I believe that God created us. Okay, So each one of us is created by God for a purpose in life to achieve their own personal legend in life. So you have your personal legend, I have mine, so do my children and my husband and everybody in this world. And For the benefit of anyone listening, your husband is my brother, so you are my sister-in-law. So if, <laughs> if, if, just in case you didn't know, full disclosure, Janet is married to Sosun Kwamil, the immediate oh, past CEO of, of Multi-Choice. Great brother of mine, I've known him since 79, so just for full disclosure. About to the story, yeah. this personal legend you, you described, is yes. it connected to your talent? You talked about your childhood talent. Yes. Fixing things, making them look beautiful, yeah. working on dolls. Yeah. Is there a connection between your purpose and your talent? I think back to the God factor that I was created for a reason. And I think that there is easy to connect your purpose in life with your talent and what drives you. That is your passion. So if, if you want to find out what is your talent, what is your passion, ask yourself, when I wake up in the morning, what naturally comes to me and what drives my interest? What drives mine will not be yours and will not be the same for other people. And I also believe that when you follow your personal legend and what makes you you, it's very, very easy to survive in difficult situations because it comes to you naturally. You don't have to think too much. You don't have to make too much effort. And um, you, 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 you're happy when you're doing it. When I have clients in Jinem, Salon and Spa, I'm more interested in how their experience was. Of course, yes, you do your hair, your nails, and everything, but it's the experience that I'm interested in. Explain the word experience for the benefit of somebody listening. What, what, what do you call the experience? So imagine your brain and your heart, right? Your brain is thinking logically and rationally, and I can explain in logical terms what this is. However, the experience is the emotional part of the whole journey and i believe that what your heart remembers your mind never forgets 
Say that again. What your heart remembers, your mind never forgets. So in marketing, it's the same. When you connect with your consumers' hearts, their emotions, it is linked to the brain, and the brain registers it, especially when it is a pleasant experience. And sometimes when it's even an unpleasant experience, the brain remembers it all the time. Break it down for those of us who didn't go to marketing school. So you're saying <laughs> that a person walks into your salon and spa, you're saying that you're just not interested in yes, the nails were done, they were red, yes. the, or the hair was done, yes. nice hairstyle like yes. yours. That's yes. not just it. No. There must be something that the heart remembers yes. and the mind never forgets. Exactly. So in practical terms, what would it mean? Would it mean the way you smile? Would it mean something that you serve them? Would it mean some tollies, some TV they are watching? Just, just practicalize it for me, just so that somebody listening who's doing fashion yes. can understand that it's not just about the buttons and it's not totally, just... It's so, not. So help me with that connection to the experience. So let me paint two scenarios for you. Absolutely. Let's make it very practical. Right. I, walk in, I walk into two different spas, okay? There is one where the receptionist opens the door with a smile and remembers, okay, first time out. So, oh, hello, you're welcome to Janem Salon and Spa. How may I help you today? Or, hello, my name is Aisha. I work at Janem Salon and Spa. How may I help you today? With a smile, you know. So imagine that uh, you've gone there with some weight on your shoulder. If, I mean, something has happened to you at home or on the way and you're not feeling too happy. But you walk in there and the person greets you with a smile. You know, naturally, you smile back, naturally. This is not, uh, you know, you smile back and you immediately feel relaxed. They offer you a chair, blah, blah, blah. How can I help you? What are you going to do? And the whole service is delivered with a smile. The whole service is delivered. I listen to you because in marketing, I can only make impacts and I can only be compelling if I meet your needs, right? If I don't meet your needs, I cannot compel you to act. And I'm using the words very carefully. I cannot compel you, i.e., you will not get up and say, I'm going to JNM. Right. What compels you to want to say, ah, today I'm going to JNM? There's something else. It's not just the hair. Because all salons, if they have professional hairdressers, can do the hair. But what makes a difference is how that personal touch connects to you i.e. if i have negative energy and i touch you you'll feel it beautiful point you make there about negative energy yeah i'm going to explore it a bit more but let's go back to you so what you call your childhood experience did you find it as a result of interacting with people with similar abilities or you just knew that you had it this habit of making dolls hair fixing them was there somebody who inspired you? Was there somebody who did it and you saw it or you just latched onto it by yourself? At the time, when I was a child, I still remember my doll. Uh, there wasn't anybody who inspired me per se, but I just loved to make my doll look pretty. So I will pick pieces of fabric and make a skirt for my doll or tie my doll's hair or weave my doll's hair. I'll tell you a wonderful story. Um, in my early teen, teens, my mom 
uh, it was Lucy Banini, or oh, she is Lucy Banini because she's still alive. And uh, to she's go a, she's to a big icon, hey, Charlie. in her own right. Charlie, we can't even imagine. She's a big icon in her own right. And she'll take us to the studio and everything. So very early, she took us to boarding school. So I went to Mampon Girls School. So why didn't you end up in broadcasting? I mean, well, both we bemimba. Okay, all right, all right. So I went to Mampon. Oh, too. nah, you know, poco a poco, like <laughs> yeah. they say. So I went to Mampon Girls, and there was this old lady in the boarding school, very old. And people used to say, this old lady, you can't figure her out. Is she a witch? You will find her very early in the morning, like 4 a.m. So what did I do? I used to go and plait this old lady's hair. And she was so moved. She would give me bananas, plantain, whatever. And she, she told me, you are a talent. Pursue this. Mm. In um, a crapping language. And that was it. I didn't take it seriously. But the point is, she realized in me something that I didn't know I had. You know, I had the same experience with one of my bosses when I was in Kenya. I was in the regional office, part of the management team. And he he looks at me, he says, Jana, you're in the wrong industry. You know how to put yourself together. You should probably help others put themselves together. Okay, again, said and gone. One of my mentors, she was doing her personal imaging photography and she calls me. She says, you just have the natural knack of putting things together. Come and help you. So I said, ah, this thing that people keep telling me, maybe it's something that I'm not realizing. So when I quit the corporate world, I'm like, okay, this is it. Let's go. And um, having that. And I, I love it, Albert. I just love it when... Just something I do make people smile. Just something I do make them confident. Because in the corporate world, Charlie, whether you like it or not, the optics play a role. The visual imaging plays a role. Before you start speaking, somebody who goes to an interview, yeah, immediately they enter the door, they're like, Charlie, you either score 40 or 20, depending on your visual imaging. So if you ain't get it right, it affects you. And the point is, when you get it right, so you know you got it right. Let's settle on this point you just made. I, uh, I, I stumbled a, a years ago on a research by New York University that suggested okay. that within seven seconds of seeing you, people have formed a significant impression about the type of person you are. Mm-hmm. And most likely, within those seven seconds, they probably may not have even asked you anything. Mm-hmm. That means that from what you are seeing, the visual imagery must be a critical part of your success factors as a person. Help us to understand the role of appearance in, in, in communicating about yourself as a person okay. and a brand. Okay. Let's take it from the uh, marketing side, then I'll just take it down to the nitty-gritty practical side. In marketing, we have packaging. After you've done all your research, your consumer insight, everything here and there, whether it is service you're delivering, that is the intangible service you're delivering, or a physical product that you're delivering, there must be an appealing factor to it. And I believe God made the eyes for a very good reason. He makes it because that's our first point of contact, right? So is the packaging nice? Is it appealing? When you go into a shop and you see merchandising, 
something propels you to a particular brand. It may be the colors, it may be the way the fonts are arranged, it may be the size of the packaging, but it appeals to you. It can appeal to you mentally or emotionally. If you have very good marketing strategies, you try to appeal to their emotions first. Remember I told you you have to, what the heart remembers, the mind does not forget. Mm. So we try to get that. And when you get it right, and the experience of the product or the service, it is aligned to the packaging of it completely, you're a winner. Now let's come back to the human being. As you walk in there, immediately I size you up head to toe and it happens in seconds. What does it communicate with me? This person looks after themselves. Mm. This person knows how to put themselves together. This person is confident. Before you even open your mouth, and if you top it up with a smile, and for Christ's sake that your teeth are clean and nice, you win before you even start talking. And when you match it with the brains, there's no way. It works like magic. But if you have the visual packaging and you don't match it with the brains, that's another story. So what you're saying is that even before the brains get the chance to make a statement, the visual imagery would either qualify or disqualify you. It can. It can. Janet, do we do we understand our bodies? Do we even you, you, you mentioned a sequence, you start with the eyes and then you trend and then you end up with the teeth. Mm. Do we even understand our bodies at all? I think you better do. If you don't, you should right now. I'm in a corporate environment, Albert. Your visual imaging communicates with me whether I can trust you with a responsibility or not. You see what I'm saying? Do you look after yourself? If you look after yourself, then most likely, if I give you a responsibility, the same energy and the same care that you have for yourself, you will translate it onto the responsibility that I'm giving you. So your visual imaging is very, very important. It's one of the statements of who you are as a brand. I always say, you are your brand, and you have to make a conscious decision on how you are going to sell it and how you're going to look like. If you do not do that in today's uh, pool of talent, uh, there's so much talent here, you will not stand out. And you have to stand out in a way that is aligned to who you are. Don't be artificial, first of all, uh, because as for the artificialness, it's a killer. You can't live artificially for the rest of your life, can you? Because sooner or later you will air and the real you will show. That's what they call posing. I tell you, who pose. What makes you know, a person? What makes a person authentic? I mean, if you if you shouldn't be artificial, what makes somebody authentic? Be you. What's you? You, okay. This is Albert and this is Janet. What is you is at home. Eh? There's no fear or favor, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You are you at home, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Unless you tell me you're artificial at home as no, well. Because if you're artificial at home, then you have a big you're problem. Really oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you have at home, just enhance it a bit. And when you go outside, do not be artificial. Do not be artificial. I always say, if, for example, um, you don't like this at home, for, um, let me um, just bring it down. I have a group of people at home. And they know 
that you don't touch my orchids because I care for my orchids. As I, for me, my, my garden is like my point of reconnection with what the universe is about. Later we can chat about or what the world is about, and they know they shouldn't. So what I care for, do not destroy it. Okay. So I got... So I got the boys don't play football in the, in, in, in the garden? Charlie, tell if you're not playing football in my garden. No, right. you're not allowed to play football right. in my garden. And then you can imagine when I'm outside of my home, Something I care for, you destroy it. And I pretend everything is okay. Oh, no, you can go ahead. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. But deep down, I am hurting. What do you think I'm doing? I am not being authentic, and therefore my heart carries some weight, which I may, when I get out of your presence, just unleash to some, onto somebody else. So the point, is, I, I think, for me, I think is. So much tension not to be authentic I and not to saying. be who you are because you have to but make doesn't societal an pressure, Sorry to divert, but mm. doesn't societal pressure sometimes make us harbor things that we really cannot stand because it is either politically correct or socially acceptable and so you just keep quiet and, and, then, and then keep it in and then as you say, go and unleash it on, on innocent other people? I tell you, one day you will explode. Wow. So... I think that society has so many expectations of us, you know. And recently, there's some of the emerging trends are that that people or the environment has become so inauthentic, so untrue, that people are beginning to realize that I have been experiencing things that are not real for a long time. So who are the winners? The winners are the ones who are being true to themselves, who are being authentic to themselves. Of course, I'm, I'm not saying that whatever is going on in the environment, you should, you should be aware. For you to be authentic, I guess you must have some values, some principles that guide your life. What are your core, what are the things that you see? This is Janet, I mean, this one non-negotiable. There are some who say it's punctuality. There are some who say it's honesty. What are your, your core values? So, okay. So, before I, I answer you, I don't know if you know the song. Will your anchor hold? I love, I love him. So, as of him, so this method is in, uh, all the way. Yes. So, I am anchored by my values. I am grounded by my values. What are some of my values? And these are values that... Um, have made me who I am probably from the day I became aware that I live on this planet till now. A summation of all my experiences. So all those I've been exposed to and I always say the two impactors of my life have been my grandmom and my mom. They are hard-working individuals they do not compromise on excellence. When they are committed to see something happen, they make sure it happens. And they have integrity. So I am grounded in hard work, Avid. I am grounded in excellence. I am grounded in integrity. I'm grounded in the God factor. And to be honest with you, I have had so many personal encounters 
with God. And as I'm speaking now, those encounters just give me goose pimples. They just make me like, that there is something far greater, Janet, in this world than you think. I mean, those encounters make me... Tell me about them. And I'll tell you, and one, one, one thing this series has done for me is bring me closer to people's spirituality. And I've, I'm humbled by the fact that people don't need to wear their God, God factor on their face. Mm-mm. But people are deeply connected to God in ways that are not always immediately evident. I had a very unbelievable interview with Dorian Ando. And I was just sitting down saying, I mean, if I, you, you watch Doreen playing her music on her, her show, you may think this is a happy-go-lucky person who doesn't even care about anything. But when we settled to talk about faith and the God factor, I was, I mean, who dreamed me? I mean, she really brought home her faith in a way that was just humbling. Yeah. I'll tell, tell you. me about the God factor in your life. This happened 24 years ago. And... Um, Usually I have some difficulties in pregnancy and childbirth and everything. And for both my sons, I was in Kolibu for over six months, you know, on the bed. The first one, when I knew that I had to be hospitalized for over six months, I said, I'm going to read the Bible from page one to the end of it. And I had this Bible, um, women's, women's version, and I read it from page one, from Genesis to the end of it. And there were some of the verses, I cannot call to you verbatim, that just spring to me. And some songs that I can't begin to explain to you the impact they had in my life. A simple song like, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. And the line that kills me is, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And what peace we often forfeit because we do not carry everything. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Just because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. My first child came earlier than planned. When I got into the delivery ward, my doctor was not there, but there was a doctor who said, I've been seeing this woman in the ward for a very long time. Then in Niku, there were no beds, uh, no... And he said, this baby is going to survive. He took that baby straight, got him an incubator, everything. And I'm like, if this is not God, then who is it? When he had to go through a series of whatever it is, there there were seconds that he would have passed if somebody didn't appear there. And I'm like, if this is not God, then what it is? Or when I'm going to visit him in Niku, there was a song I was singing. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the red and yellow, black and white, 
all are precious. And I'm like, irrespective of who this child is, mm. whatever, they are all precious in the eyes of God. And my child is precious in the, child, in the eyes of God. And my child is going to be who he's destined to be. He's going to achieve his personal legend. And there's simple things like that. Recently, I woke up and I was feeling a bit down. And then I opened my window. There's this little girl in my house. She's four years old. She's always singing. Immediately, I opened my window. She says, my God delivered Daniel. As I'm talking to you. And I'm like, and she's like, why can't he deliver you? My God delivered Daniel. And I'm like, geez, okay, please give me a break here. How can you be appearing to me like that? Do you think that you think those are angels? They are angels. If they are not angels, who are they? The angels come in the form of little children, in doctors, your security man at the gate, your flower, you know. I mean, like, I go into my garden and there's a plant that is dying, right? Abed, all I had to do, what that plant is telling me, just move me from here to here and I will blossom. And then I move the plant from there to there. It's the same as human beings and talent. You will see somebody. You have put them in a certain position. And they are not blossoming. Why? Because there's a wrong placement. When I come back from this break, I'm going to explore people, how to get the best out of people. There's so much I want to ask you. And I'm going to try and find out the contrast between your corporate life and living your dream with your talent. Yeah. If you just join us, this is Springboard, your virtual university. And, and as always, when you get to the God factor, it's just so mellowing and so humbling because this is somebody's testimony right from inside the engine room. There is nowhere else you would have heard it but here on Springboard, your virtual university, brought to you by the Springboard Racial Foundation in partnership with the multimedia group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse the enterprise group umb bank and on tuesday in the graphic business just open page 18 look for janet the whole page will be the story told in print let's go for a break and say thank you to our sponsors when we come back let's find out the contrast motherhood learnings fears and everything in between please don't go away be left out. Download the MTN Pulse app from the App Store or Play Store to mash up all day, every day. You can also enjoy more mashup. Just buy the new Mega Bundle and get 3 gigabytes data, extra 400 megabytes for your social apps, and free MTN to MTN Pulse every Monday. So just go ahead, feel the pulse on MTN Pulse. Just be. We're good together everywhere you go. From Tabletop Trader to supermarket owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. 
From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we are poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. From Trotro passenger to tier robber car owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you are free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. Hi, I'm Mohini Yui Gifty Auntie. I have been a student of Springboard for over 13 years now. My story can never be fully told without showing gratitude to Springboard. I've learned a lot and I continue to learn. Please don't give up on us. Keep going. Keep bringing more resourceful people to share the experiences. We are all learning and the youth will never, ever forget your impact. God bless you. Hello and welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university. This conversation called In the Engine Road, my guest Janet Sunkwa Mills, CEO of JNM spa and salon and also afribiz group janet we've been exploring your thoughts and so far i've gotten seven golden nuggets one on personal legend i like i like the phraseology personal legend the confluence between your purpose your talent and your passion second one is about experience third one is about affirmations fourth is about appearance fifth one is about authenticity sixth one is about values and the seventh the special one, the God factor. Thank you. Janet, 22 years of corporate life. Give us a sneak preview of how it was working 20 years in Nestle at executive level, traveling from country to country. Give us some, some idea about how it was like. Okay. It was a marvelous experience, first of all. And uh, black, I, I had mentioned before, and I think I had mentioned to Comfort the other time, when you sweep, sweep so well, that when you're not there, somebody will say, there was once a sweeper. Basically, when you do things with excellence, it shows. And therefore, when I joined uh, Nestle Ghana, straight from the university, my efforts or my work was so stand out, out of the lot, that very soon then I was posted to Cote d'Ivoire. And in Cote d'Ivoire, they said, Janet, whatever you're doing so well in Ghana. Then I was managing the brand called Maggie. Maggie is still there. And I went to Cote d'Ivoire. There was a product There was a product in the Maggie range that was growing down, and we had to relaunch it. So from consumer insight, consumer researches to product to launch, it was a massive success. Got uh, awards in the, uh, in the Nestle world. So that was very good. And that was when I learned to speak French. That was my first exposure. No, that was my second exposure to a different environment. And anyone who knows me knows that I love adventure. I like new experiences. So from Cote d'Ivoire, then they were like, okay, you can do this here. Go to Nigeria. 
And was, everybody was like, Nigeria, Janet, can you Nigeria? I'm like, eh, why not? <laughs> what do I have to be scared of? Nothing really. I just go there and do my best. So I went to Nigeria as well. And the experience in Nigeria was very interesting because in Cote d'Ivoire, you know, the, the, the ladies are the speck, you know, francophone speck. So I had to shrink to the francophone spec. And then when I got to Nigeria, they were like, Ma, when this is your small body, you know, go we'll get respect to you for put on weight small. Are you serious? I'm, I'm 200%. Because in Nigeria, what I call executive presence, you know, your presence has to be felt. And when your presence is felt, I mean, you command more respect. So executive presence basically means that you have a presence when you arrive. You establish it when you arrive, the way you communicate, uh, your confidence, the way you deal with situations. Your executive presence must be felt. I know it matters very much in Nigeria. I'm telling you, so I had to develop my executive presence. And it's not putting on weight? I had to. I had to. You're joking. No, because then I had shrunk to about 60 kilos when I was in Cote d'Ivoire, and I looked so small. And it was okay. Are you saying that adaptability involves actually eating? Do you remember we talked extent? about? You remember we talked about the visuals? Yes, but I'm just thinking this is a new level altogether. It, it maybe because of who I am as a person. When I want to adapt, I adapt to the core. And if you're not careful, you believe that I am from that environment. Is that, I is that integrate that. Is that, that, is that what it takes to, to to survive and to thrive? I believe that. My personal belief, uh, you may, you may say, I mean, do it with excellence. So, wow. my personal belief is do not be judgmental of an environment before you go in. in uh, when I was going to Nigeria, a lot of people said, Janet, Nigerians are like this, Nigerians are like this. Like, I'm like, have you been experienced? Have you had a personal encounter with a Nigerian? And the answer most of the time was no. I said, then why don't you let me go there and make my own decisions? I, I love Nigeria. I go, I go there very often and I, I have great experience and great friends. Very, very, very good friends in Nigeria. The beauty about Nigerians is the fact that when they like you, you will know that they like you. Absolutely. And when they don't like you, you will also know that but they don't but like but you. But for a gown woman, it's not surprising that you love Nigeria. There's a connection. Nagana, JK, we're from... There's some connection. But the thing is, I love new experiences, and therefore I integrated in the uh, Nigerian society, Nigerian society. I have a Nigerian name. I can speak a few phrases in Yoruba. I integrated so much. Speak some Yoruba language. Uh, oh, oh, uh, what? Now, Moa. Moa means, how are you doing? Right. Moapa, I am doing well. Um, Speak Swahili. Swahili. Habariyako, Nzuri Sana. Speak French. Sawa, Sherry. Chibabia. Speak Ekiabim. This is my teacher there. When you did something wrong, it's like, I will grind you. Like ants. Uh, ants. I, no, that was a fancy. You fry you. I will grind you. That's fancy. That's fancy. So you can speak fancy, no, Swahili, Akiapim, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. French. Mm -hmm. You did English and yeah. Russian. Yes. At, at, at underground level, how many yeah. languages do you speak? I don't know. You don't know? That's mm -hmm. a very honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know. The thing is, um, because I, I love communicating, I love connecting with people. And by connecting with people, yes, I do speak English, but I'm always looking at you. And if I figure out that you're from this environment and I can speak that language, I go straight in there, into that language. There were some Oyibos um, that came to Jenem and when she mentioned her name, then I spoke the few phrases of Russian that I read. She was like, no way, no way, come on. Wow. I'm all the way from Russia into Ghana, into a spa in Ghana, and the lady speaks Russian to me. She was like, no freaking way, how did this happen? That makes some money for you right there. I, immediately, you know? <laughs> but that's what I love about languages and about communication. about languages. Yeah. Do you think that we are missing out on something we could do a bit more in terms of learning languages, local languages, passing it on to our children? Should we do more than we are doing now? We should, but honestly, I think our generation, we haven't been that good because the tendency is we speak English to our children and they have grown up speaking English. I, I think we should let them speak the local languages as well. It is part of who we are, our identity. Wow. Who we are. And if you lose that part of who you are, the basic fundamentals of communication, which is language, right? Of course, there are visual cues here and there, but the speech factor of it, we, we should begin, if we haven't begun already, begin to now communicate with our children in our local languages. Yes, the English is there, is the formal part of the whole thing, but there's something just stylish about being able to speak a vernacular language. I just love that. I'm the girl, and my mom is away, my grandma is Dangbe, you know. So you speak Dangbe too? Yes. Very well. Ongesamina. Utuanglubi. Bobo. Wow. Bobo. You're crazy. Are you Bobo. crazy? Well, since my grandmother passed, I haven't had any opportunity to be communicating, so I'm losing it a little bit. But I think that if I live in, in an environment where it begins then I pick it but when you speak it I'm hundred percent in there. Comfort did English for a first degree, she did Swahili a bit yeah. um, in the in the first year. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I hear that the and she did the business as well and she uh, and she, she, she the the experts see people have the ability, especially when they are younger, to learn several languages concurrently without any problem. That is so true. Because the tendency is as we grow, um, you know, our ego and our personal imaging makes us want to avoid mistakes. But right. the beauty about learning languages is making the mistake and letting yourself flow. And then over time, you will pick it. Last time, my mom came to visit Avet, and she tries to speak Ebe with me because she's Ebe. And uh, she started singing a song. She said she was going to teach me a song. So oh, that's nice. I said, come on, teach me the song. So she goes, and then she goes, Vuvule, Vuvume. Then you started dancing. You love dancing. Vuvule, Vuvume. It was so nice. You know. And then she was like, my words only, my word, God, I'm like, what does that mean? She says, that's why I will walk with pride and with an attitude because I've been saved by God. So, my words only, my word, God, 
Listen, if you're, if you're, if you're listening on radio, that's, oh, why, that's why you, you, you miss the visuals of this because this is coming with big time dancing. <laughs> You know, Joe Metal sang that song with the Battle Battle Rebel Choir, and it was such yes. a big so Immediately, I went to I went to Google it like this. I went to Google it, and I'm like, oh, oh so right. this song actually exists. It does. It does. Oh, it's such a big hit. One day oh I played it back to back from morning to evening oh, at home. I, I just it. felt. You know, I, I did. Loved it. I did ever in for Afro Stats. Uh-huh. You know, that's one of the privileges of, 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 of going to university. Yeah, you go to yeah, yeah, yeah. African studies, you are required to do something. I chose a language and mm-hmm. I chose ever. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Yeah. So one, one day I felt like doing my, going back to my ever roots. Yeah. So I played this song the whole day and I was oh. just singing it and I was like, wow. So you know the song? Oh, very well. Is it? And he made this world for my sake. And therefore, when I walk, I should walk with pride because he has saved me. As a marketing person, as a person of faith, as a person of language, how can these songs, the lyrics, help entrench values and principles in generations to come? Yeah. I sent you something the other day because uh, it just floored me. When you know, when you do something, right, you know what you do versus why you do it. Mm. It's so different. I mean, when we were chatting, you heard me sing some songs, very basic, fundamental songs, but I connect to them because they were relevant to me in certain situations in my life and they anchored me deep. Mm. In my belief, they anchored me deep in my values and in my foundations. And up to this time, when I sing those songs, they still have meaning for me because they helped me go through a very difficult time in my life. So what is the connection? You can sing a song, and when it has no meaning to you, you will sing it differently. But when it has meaning to you personally. You see that as you sing, you connect to it right here in I your heart. I spoke to Kwame Eugene, Kwame Eugene, the, the musician. Yes. And he, 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 two things he said about music, he says he personally plays a lot of old-time gospel because he finds the lyrics like a prayer. Mm-hmm. And then he, on, for his own music, he, he suggested or submitted that the lyrics are born out of his experiences. And so sometimes he sings and people are like, you sang it for me. You sang my experience. Mm-hmm. Do you sometimes find that the songwriter must have been thinking about you when he was writing the lyrics? They say there's nothing new under the planet because most of your experiences have already 
happened. People have gone through those experiences. So when um, a South African sings, when an African-American sings, they sing from an experiential point of view. And therefore, the delivery is very different because what? They sing from the soul. Mm. It's very different when you sing from the soul versus when you sing from your brain because the soul has a connection with what your personal experience is. Are you a very emotional person? Um, I believe in connecting with my emotions. It drives me. What's your favorite word? My favorite word? Hmm. What is your favorite word? My word is... I have a word for you. Tell me. When I tell you, you'll agree. Please tell me. Connection. Connection. You've used it, you've used it 27 times in it's one interview. It's it's for every single point, you try to explain why the connecting is important. I think it's your favorite word. Maybe it's his favorite word, but maybe my life experiences or my life journeys have been like this, you know. Intertwined. Intertwined. And therefore, when you know me, you know I'm a very eclectic person because I have so many connections in my life points. So many. And several people have meant several things to me and I've learned from so many things. And when you ask me, I'll tell you, I am a summation of my life's experiences. And that's the connection. And that is where it is. And I, I, I personally believe that this umbilical cord, God created it for a reason. umbilical cord for a very good reason because it connects to something. If you're not connected in this, even networking, my friend, come on. If you're not connected in this world. Tell me about the power of networks. We were just having a chat, no? Yes. You call somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Networking today is a currency. If you do not have strong networks, you will find that you'll be found wanting in a lot of situations because we, we are like a cord, you know? Blow, right? A stick, a broomstick on itself is not as strong as when you pile broomsticks together interwoven. It is very strong. And I believe as well that we, I'll use the word networking, uh, connection again. We hold our hands in this world, and that is what makes things go wrong. We, you cannot survive and make impact by yourself. I'm asking this question because I, I, you come across, and in, my, in all my relation with you, you come across as a very social, sociable person. And I'm just imagining that we talked about Nigeria. We talked about relationships. And I'll tell you what I found out. I found out that Nigerians are very deliberate about networking. They put high premium on who is your friend, who are you connected to, and they really, really make deliberate efforts to build these networks. I think that there's a challenge with people who either will go to a function, not greet anyone, will go and join a society, a club, and literally not make any new friend. And you are saying networking is currency. Speak to it once again, Janet. Okay. So I belong to this group called Executive Women Network. When yeah. I came back uh, from all my travels to Ghana, I had to find a point of connection. Thank you. 
a point of connection. So I joined this group of women called Executive Women Network. There are about 170 of us, uh, CEOs, MDs, but actually these are women in top excellence in their either organizations, corporate world or entrepreneurs. And what do we do? We network. It's a sort of give and take, right? I take something from you, not physical, knowledge, experience, mentoring, guidance, advice, I give you. So it's a give and take. And through that, we help each other to achieve our personal aspirations, whether at home or in your career. So it's, it's magic. When I, I, when I need something, I know who to call. When somebody needs something that I have an expertise in or I have some knowledge in, the person calls me. When you don't network, it's as if you you tell yourself that you are enough alone. It's, it's impossible. We've partnered, Springboard has partnered with the Executive Women's Network mm, on, yes. on the Hangout and yes. created some very successful series called Women on the Go. I yes. loved it. Oh, yes. And, and I think I'm, I'm a big fan of what you, guys, you folks are doing at mm. the Executive Women's Network. Mm -hmm. Is it... Is it open to anybody who qualifies? Can they know where to sign up if they wanted to join the network? Oh, so Executive Women Network, yes, it is open to female executives. So if they That's qualify, what do they do? So if they qualify, they just call us. We have our contact. We have our website. Later, I can give you all the details. Give me the website so they can, they can find oh, it. www.ewntree.com. E-W-N? Tree, T-R-E-E. Oh, com. it's a whole tree. It's, I tell you, with branches interconnecting, interweaving, I, you know, I'm, branches. I'm a prophet. I mean, I'm a prophet. The, I'm the, telling the connection you, is so strong. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I mean, please develop your network currency and know the people to connect with. And in doing so, don't just select anyone. Select people that you know that you can what? You are aligned with in terms of values and vision, you know. Favorite food? Uh, Komi Kekena. Favorite music? I like religious music, I like jazz, and I love to dance, and therefore I like hip hop. Favorite city in the world? Barcelona. Oh, the Madrid will be very hit. Oh, no, I went to their stadium, I loved it. Barcelona? I think. Oh, Charlie. Charlie. You like football? Um, I love football, but don't say it to the hearing of my husband. Because when I'm watching my Netflix and my Korean series, you, yesterday, you, you yeah, to I'm telling you, yeah, yesterday was very funny. So he enters and I say, Johnny, can I negotiate? Meanwhile, I'm watching some Korean series on Netflix. Again, there's a match. I want to eat and I want to watch the match. And it's like, bedroom. please feel free. <laughs> So, so, so yeah. you understand the heavenly language of God, she's talking about <laughs> negotiating with her husband about which channel to watch. She's watching the Korean series. He wants to watch his Chelsea. So that's just for the for, for those of you who understand. Yeah, yeah. So Janet, let me tell you the big lessons I've learned from this program. And if you are watching us or listening to us, the debate is standard mm -hmm. in this tenth edition of the Engine Room, and it's simple. Which of these ten lessons from Janet? is your favorite. Number one is personal legend. She says, everyone has a personal legend. The confluence between your purpose, your talent, and your passion. Second one is experience. She says, don't just deliver a service, deliver an experience, because what the heart remembers 
the mind never forgets. The third one is about affirmation, the power of affirmation. When an old lady tells you, pursue this talent, you will make it, believe her. And when your boss in Kenya says the same thing, believe them. And when your mentor says the same thing, hold fast to it. The fourth is about appearance. She calls it visual imaging. She says it engenders trust. And before you open your mouth, a conclusion has been formed about you. The five is about authenticity. She says, when you're not yourself, it's, and it leads to stress <laughs> and tensions. So be true to yourself. Number six is about values. She values hard work, excellence, commitment, integrity, and the God factor. Which brings me to number seven, the God factor. She says, angels appeared in different forms at different times in her life to remind her that God is there. Number eight is about adaptability and integration. She says she has to be all things to all people in her travels to be able to succeed, including putting on weight in Nigeria and losing weight in Ivory Coast. Are you willing to do that? <laughs> Number nine is about languages. She says we need to, to build up on our languages and hand them over to our children. And then number 10, networking is currency. And the big word is connection. Janet, Thanks. sign off with your closing thoughts for our viewers and listeners. Okay. It's, it's been an honor, Albert, uh, to be here. I would say be true, be authentic. There's nothing in the world which should make you not be yourself. And please, I love Desiderata. If you know Desiderata, go placidly mm. amid the noise and the haste and remember what peace there is in silence. Oh, Sometimes, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do, we not, do not carry everything to God, to God in, prayer. in prayer. Janet Sinkwamos has been a beautiful, beautiful, physically, literally, spiritually, emotionally, thank you to you on behalf of springboard team springboard led by comfort on behalf of the multimedia group and on behalf of mtn pauls umb bank the enterprise group and the graphic business and don't forget tuesday we have a date on page 18 this full story in the graphic business till then my name is albert okran saying god bless you God bless you and God bless you.
Mi sedi kena ko 